Welcome, dimwits. It is another episode of your favorite podcast and mine. It is the DYM podcast. I am one of your hosts in my winter wonderland. My name is Andrew Fiore. The cool breeze. Winter wonderland is what I call my apartment. With me as always, that handsome rogue gentleman over there. Yes, himself, Sean Donnelly, everybody. Hello there, cool breeze, cooler, even cooler breeze because yeah, of cool, the cooler breeze and your New York City apartment. Uh, yes, I didn't how to are say you? Rogue. I meant to say broguish, like broguish. Irish brogue. Oh, no, there rogue. we go. I was going to say, I'm, I've never been described as a rogue before. Rogue warrior. A, a, or a rapscallion of some sort. <laughs> I, uh, it's good to see you. Dimwit Nation, how are you? It's, uh, this is Dutch here speaking from the, the Dimwit compound, the Dim, Dimwit Nation compound. Yeah. That's, that's what we're going to do. We should just steal every other uh, podcast <laughs> thing. Like, hey, you know, Kumia does the compound. We're, in, we're also the compound. Let's just, we'll yeah, just yeah. steal everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great to see you. Um, uh, I, I don't know what's been going on with you, but I, I, are you, are you, is it still, are you still battling the cold or you, hey, I what's can't going believe on? you're in a t-shirt over there. Dude, I don't, I gotta be honest, Landy. I'll, I'll be completely honest. Last week when you were talking about your apartment, I did not want to be one of those people that, that really just rubbed it in. I sometimes have to open up my windows because of how warm it gets in my apartment. Yeah, I think Sean's sweating over there. <laughs> I have palm trees behind me in this freaking apartment. <laughs> I got I got a beach ball and some uh, you know some real uh, Caribbean flavor going on. A Jimmy Buffett concert going on over there <laughs> at the compound. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's not even that chilly out today. For some reason, it just I feel like my apartment traps the cold. I don't know what the hell's going on here. It's just one of those things. Sometimes I walk outside, I go milder out here. What the hell's um, going on? It's crazy uh, times, but uh, yeah, that I only happens, pay four thousand a month to live here, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that happens, man. That happens. The apartments they become. I think they do. I think they become like a trap for the whatever is going on, whatever temperature is yeah. going on. They be, they like hold that temperature. If they're if you're yeah. not, that's how you know you're not getting the proper heat for real. Because sometimes it's like, oh, you know, if they have because they do have low periods during the day where there's not as much heat or whatever is going on, but it's like. Um, if you, if it stays that cold, then, you know, like they're not, they're not bringing it up as high as they should. No. And I'm going to ask for uh, a two degree increase for the January, February months, but where they came in, excuse me, to, to install the new thermostat last week. I don't know if I mentioned to you as uh, I heard the guy walking out. Cause I was, uh, you know, she was asking me, I goes, yeah, it's just, it gets a chilly in here. It's a cold apartment. And uh, I have these two front windows in my living room. As the guy was walking in, he goes, what's he complaining? He gets all that sunlight in there. I go, and I wanted to go behind him and go, yeah, all those wintry, sunny days that are <laughs> we're treated to throughout the months of January and February. Just sunshine <laughs> yeah, is what those months are known for. Yeah, that's what the, yeah, that's what the winter that's what the winter's known for. It's known for just uh, <laughs> just bright sunlight all day. Yeah, rainbows and skittles and sprinkles and sunshine. 
Yeah, dude. I really. I, it's one of those things where ten minutes later you have a great comeback and you go, "I wish I said that." <laughs> it, was, it was your jerk store. That was definitely your. Yeah, it was my jerk store. All time seller. <laughs> I have another little gripe, Shawnee. I went to get a COVID test uh, this week, trying to do the prudent thing and be a safe member of society and get tested so they can get this thing over with for already. And I went to uh, StatCare up here in our beloved home borough of Astoria. And as I, I did the rapid, I'm waiting in the lobby to get the results. I see a girl about 15 feet away from me, and she's standing across the room. And the nurse doctor uh, comes out, and you can tell that he's going. So this is – you could tell he was giving her a positive result by the body language. You could tell. Of COVID. Yeah. And okay. so, you know, she's got her mask on and everything, but she's going, all right. So it's like, what, 10 days now? And he was like, you should probably do at least bare minimum 10 days of quarantining. Yeah. That's and the then that, yeah. homegirl just like stood there and made like a phone call and started text messaging. And I want to be like, hey, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Leave. Yeah. Take off patient zero. You're, exactly, you're, the, dude. you're the patient zero of this first med place. Are you so like, it's like, I'm now waiting on a test result that was negative, but I go, as I'm waiting for this result, I could be getting positive right here. You know, it, for that, that's where my mind is at. Yeah. Like, 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 that's they should have been like okay now you have to go like they should have just told her outside bitch like, even if she was too stupid to realize that they can be like okay the nurse the 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 person will show you outside because we have other patients in here that can't be Seriously. contaminated by your covid because that knows all the tests that are about to happen like say you have <laughs> yeah well, here the one thing that calmed me down was i was like well you know what these glorious generous uh healthcare workers we thank you so much for everything you've done. I go, well, they're here all day and they obviously have people coming and going. As long as I'm wearing my mask and everybody's being safe, I should be fine too. I had to talk myself off the ledge, but in the moment it was just another example of I am too passive and I didn't say something that I wanted to say where I should be. I should have been like, bitch, get taken outside. Well, you would also, because then you become the crazy person in the middle of the, of the, I don't think that's that crazy. Well, because people, pandemic, people you know, if, you, if it's a guy, if it's you yelling at a girl, first off, you're a, you're a giant human being. I wouldn't giant, have yelled. You and your your fucking uh, your your Grateful Dead Sasquatch. Uh, if, yeah, they, I don't know. You would have yelled, but you would have said something, and then it would have been very imposing. Like to maybe some people would have been like, "Oh, they don't see it as he's doing the right thing. They see it as, oh, this guy's yelling at this girl for no reason." They should have told just, her. They should have been like, "You." They should have told her. Please leave. I mean, she was text messaging, uh, you know, her whole uh, college roommates, uh, what seemed like. She was there for like five, ten minutes, it felt like. No, yeah, that's awful. Because even though the health workers are are working, they shouldn't have to put up with somebody sticking around here. Exactly. But you're right. I, there was no way I would have come out as the good. Even if I was like, excuse me, miss, do you think you could leave? She, she would have been like, why should I leave? Were you eavesdropping? Is it, you know, yeah, or should how like, do you know? She's like, give me a minute. Give me a minute. I have to stop. I have to stop. Yeah. yeah. Victims, no, uh, all of them. no, uh, no, uh, <laughs> yeah. did um, I, I, did I tell you at the beginning of this thing, I was walking with our pal, Greg stone, friend of the show and, uh, maybe week three, four, we were about a month into this whole, uh, is this the dog trouble we have going on? And there was a girl walking toward us. We were uh, walking back from Astoria park and she was walking with her head totally in her phone, buried in her phone. You know, how people just walk with, they're looking down at their phone. 
Yes. And she walked right by us. I'm sorry if I told the story on the pod before, but she goes, uh, me and Greg both move out of her way because she clearly is not looking up. And we both, you know, as comics go, oh, yeah, you know, you know, we're immediately sarcastic. We're going, yeah, yeah you know, you hate to walk into somebody and blah, blah, blah. I don't forget what we said. But she gets like five feet away and then she stops. She turns around. She goes, you know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic right now. You could treat people a little more nicer. We go, whoa, whoa what? Back, beep, beep, back up. Back it up, back it up. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> go, what is that? Pandemic beep, or not, you got to pick beep, your head up when you walk down the street. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. beep, beep. What is, this is his pure sick. He's just sick of George. But it's also a thing where it's like, yeah, you, she kind of proved her point. I think I, I, exactly. think I did tell her before. I think I brought up the same point. I go, you proved your point. You shouldn't be walking into people in the middle of a freaking pandemic. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, nicer. Immediate victim. Immediate victim. I will do the thing where I will. I, I have a confession to make to you, actually. Do you know, oh, like, uh, do you know on a daily basis I walk by? What? I, 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 do you know on a daily basis I walk by your block? I don't walk by your apartment. I walk by it. Do I walk by you? Really? Yeah, I go to the park every day. Oh, why? You know, you should come and throw pebbles at my window like we're in high school when you're trying to get me out for a night on the ground. Well, I don't, I don't mention it because like you have stuff. You're busy all day, so I don't, I don't say like, yeah, hey, come with yeah. me to the thing. So I'm, but I'm always like, there's Andy. in my head. I'm like, there's Andy's block. And oh I yeah, go. I do that a lot. I go, oh, there's where uh, Vitor lives. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but I, but I will make the confession also that I, there's times during my walk if I get on a phone call. I'll take my mask off to, so I'm clear over the phone call, but I'm very diligent when I get near somebody, I go like 15 feet away from that person. I make a beeline to like the corner of the curb so I'm not near the person on the sidewalk. Right, right, right. You have to be aware of your surroundings. Like, you have to be aware should, of your surroundings. That's all I'm asking I should for. have the mask on the whole time, but it's also like, hey, you need a breather every 10 minutes. You know, that kind of I uh, will admit, I if I'm just walking and I'm alone, I usually have it down but i'm i'm ready to whip it up at a moment's notice if i see right yeah just if i see an, if i see a strange adult walking towards stopping me. stopping stopping <laughs> stop it stop, stop it. it wow we're really on a roll <laughs> <laughs> um and uh yeah we should tell everybody that right before the sh- right before the show i had you watch a trailer i saw i thought i thought it was a really cool trailer uh, that I watched right before we started recording, and also I, I wanted to bring it up because it, it's the it's the it's the the nobody trailer with Bob Odenkirk, and it's so funny to me because I, I guess I always thought of Bob Odenkirk as like a comedic actor, you know, Mister Show, and sure. and he directed a bunch of stuff. But it's so funny that he's been like because of Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, he now he's like mainstream. Like he he used to be like the epitome of like alt comedy, you know. Like Mr. Show is like one of my favorite Absolutely. things in the world. SNL writer for a long time. Yeah, um, like and, uh, well, and and even his before they really knew what they had on their hands, Saul Goodman was a comic foil in a way right. to Breaking Bad. You know, it was yes. a character you didn't take seriously until they really unraveled the character. Right, exactly, and um, it's a talented motherfucker. He's fantastic. He's so good, and but also from what I've heard about people who know him, apparently he's a really um, a pretty shy guy. Like he's a pretty withdrawn, not withdrawn. I shouldn't say that, but he's a pretty quiet, shy guy. Like if you okay. meet him in person, like super nice guy, but pretty quiet. That's what I heard. Right? Yeah. 
So it's funny to see him do this movie called The Nobody, which is like it's almost it's one of the producers of the John Wick doing it. It might as well just be called John Wick Four. Like it's like it's it's the same kind of thing. But I it's saw like, a lot of the same moves. In basically, there. somebody oh totally somebody asked, it looks it looked fun, but it's it, it just I mean you know watch the trailer and make up your own minds. But yeah, you just go, yeah, I've seen this a million times, but I like Bob Odenkirk. So I'll check it well, out. Well, I think that's what time. does it. Basically somebody asked themselves, what if John Wick had a family and they were still around? Like, it's like that. Like yeah. it wasn't, yeah. they didn't kill his dog, but his, he had his family and it's, it's done by this offbeat actor that you really don't expect to be like never in a million years. I'd be like, yeah, action movie, Bob Odenkirk. Like it's almost yeah. like, because like we said before on the podcast, that was the attitude towards Bruce Willis. Like Bruce Willis yeah. was known for moonlighting. So when he was, re- was suggested for Die Hard, they were like, hell no. Like all these people, <laughs> yeah. I think even Clint Eastwood. Oh, that's what it was. Originally in the original, I don't know if you know that. I read that once, I think probably on IMDb trivia or something that um, it's Die Hard is based off this ne- this novel from like the 60s. Right. So the, mm-hmm. when they were originally doing it, like I think Clint Eastwood was like thought of that he might take the role of John sure. McClane. Like that's how long they were like they were like producing this movie and trying to figure things out and how long it was like on the back burner. Like Clint Eastwood was one of the names brought up. I'm pretty I'm almost positive for for Die Hard, the movie. So I it love made me all the, those miscast oh, lists where yeah. you find out who was up for what role and you go, Oh my God, I can't even imagine if that actor got the part. And you know, it's like, right. yeah, it's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in, uh, you know, ordinary people. You're like what? <laughs> I, how did... They're always like the most bizarre ones too. Yeah. They're always crazy. <laughs> well, well, well th- this one, what it made me think of was diehard because of that. What people thought was a miscast worked out really well. Yeah, and now yeah. I'm like, Oh, maybe Odenkirk, uh, it looks like he's, pulls it off. You know what I'm saying? Like it looks, it, it's an odd choice, but I kind of get it. Like you really, the turn is that he's like some ex special ops guy. So you're like, Oh, you really don't see that coming at all. Sure, if you were just sure. to watch the movie cold, you would not see this coming at all. Uh, Mikey, the, try and look up some, uh, some fun, almost casts. Well, you know what, what you besides the almost cast, you know, which one that I love is the, we filmed part of the movie and then switched the, the actor things. Uh There's there's a couple of, there's there's two really famous ones that I'm sure I've mentioned the podcast before, but uh, one of them was back to the future. Uh, Michael J. Fox, his role, Michael J. Fox had to turn it down at first because they, I think he was always the guy they wanted, but he was family ties wouldn't let him go. They couldn't do the schedule, whatever happened. Right. Cause they they started with Eric Stoltz. They start, that's what they started with Eric Stoltz, but, but they still wanted Michael J. Fox before Eric Stoltz. They went with Eric Stoltz. uh, And then, but I guess, it, the way that it's, it's so funny too, because people try to be so diplomatic. And the thing I was reading was like, yeah, he just they didn't like the, the the angle he took on the role. Whatever they said, it's like, no, he couldn't pull off the comedy part of the yeah, Back to the yeah. Future. And but if uh, I think it was like online, they have it now. But on one of the DVDs, and when the special DVDs came out, they have scenes with Eric Stoltz, and it's, oh, it's wow. a tra- And when you're yeah. when you've watched Back to the Future a thousand times, like it's, I have, yeah. it's MJ's. so weird to watch somebody MJ's else doing so that perfect. part. Yeah, yeah. What do you think was in Star Wars? Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> I might be four signed. Well, about it's like four in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. When Andy. it happened, it happened. When it oh, how about another one? It's so nice when it happens good. <laughs> Who do you think was in Star Wars? Sammy <laughs> Davis Jr. Wait, wait, okay, what does the R stand for? No, no, the M. What is it? It's stand for Richard Nixon. Richard, Richard Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. It's, see, I told you it wasn't Mo. Mo. <laughs> Mo. 
<laughs> Richard Moe Nixon. <laughs> and uh, so the other bit of casting that didn't work out that they got rid of was Harvey Keitel in Apocalypse Now, which is a big one too. Yeah, yeah. Which I think that I'm curious about why that didn't work out. I'm I like because I think he could have pulled that off. I think Martin Sheen was awesome in that. I guess it makes more sense. Maybe he's not military yeah, enough. Not that these aren't talented guys. It's just I think a lot of it is that we're so married to actors and their roles, especially the super famous ones like that. You go, I can't see anybody else doing that. Whereas yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of capable people that if they filled that movie with them, we would have the same reaction. We'd be like, I can't imagine Harvey. I can't tell not playing that part, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's so just funny. embedded in our memories that way, our collective one, nostalgia, if you will. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things that we've done a few times on the podcast, and we kind of got away from was the segment we call dreamcast which is where we take a movie and we and we yeah. a famous movie and recast it. Oh, you and got what, one for us? I I was thinking um, that I think we could easily do, and, I, and then there's a reason I bring it up because it's twofold. I want I want to hear your quick answer on this because we didn't plan. This All right, you know I'm not great with the quick ones, but I'll give it a shot. It's totally okay because I don't, I don't want to spring it on you. Yeah, I'll yeah. Lightning round it. Uh, and so it would be. Um, I, maybe I'll give you. Yeah, I'll give you. Uh, yeah, I'll give you the one movie and you just pick a role if you have any ideas of who you would cast. Um, it, Silence of the Lambs. Oh, goodness gracious. And and I'll tell you, I'll, I want you to see if you can recast uh, Jodie Foster's part. Who would you put in it now? I don't even know if they're... I, you, know what I, you know what I think of is... is um, not Sarah. Uh, what's her name from the O.J. Simpson show? Uh, could have maybe pulled it off. Sarah. The O.J. Simpson show? Yeah, the O.J. Simpson uh, they, yeah, the, the trial. Show? No, not his show. <laughs> the guy show, never watched that. The show on FX about them recreating the. It wasn't. The, oh, you fucking idiot! It wasn't. The I fucking, swear to God, I go, was what was it like the Chevy Chase show? No, it was like it was, the, it was the OJ Simpson Variety Hour. I was just <laughs> getting loose with juice. <laughs> what other sketches would be on the OJ Simpson show? The, the band leader is just Kato Kalen. It's just like. <laughs> Hurts rent a car. Kato Kaler would be the sidekick. Yeah, oh yeah. He <laughs> would be his epic man. Live from OJ's pool house. The OJ Simpson show. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. I that swear be, to God, I thought you meant that was a thing that I just maybe missed in pop culture. The OJ you missed it. Like, yeah, he, you know, he was in the Hertz commercials forever. Uh, no, it, it, it could have happened back in the day, but it's not like you would have known if after the guy murdered his wife, he's like, all right, now I just have a late night show where I just. <laughs> well, no, I thought it might have been before. He, I don't think he got the show post murder. <laughs> yeah, you would have known about it. it was like the Brady Bunch variety hour, but for OJ. <laughs> And his family, or OJ, there's a bunch of football players on it and shit. Um, but uh, no, not the OJ Simpson, his own show. The show they did about the trial that was on FX. Sarah Paulson, is that her name? Yeah, yeah. That's her name, who plays Marsha Clark? Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. She could do the Jodie Foster part in Silence of the Lambs. Uh, yeah, I, she's good. She's great, and she has that vibe to her. I don't she's wanna, also I don't in be uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene, which is connects to last week's show. Yes, it, yeah, but she's amazing actress, and I think she could easily pull off that role. I think easily pull off that role. Yeah. Who could pull off Hannibal Lecter? That's the other question. I'm thinking. I think. Oh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Jackie from- Chan. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a, a tough one because he is so perfect. 
I'll tell you who could do it. What's the English guy from um, Inglorious Bastards? And uh, and oh uh, yeah, uh, what's his no, name? No, that guy's not English, is he? Yeah, the guy from Christoph. Uh, no, 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 not Christoph Waltz. Oh, Christoph Waltz could maybe could have done it. Yeah, no, that's what I thought you were talking about. From the Steve Jobs movie, who played Steve Jobs? What's his name? I uh, oh, <laughs> Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Oh, good one. Good, very could, good one. He, that if they were going to do a, 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 a hacked a, a Hannibal That's Lecter a movie one. now, you could easily have Michael Fassbender play Hannibal Lecter now. Easily. I'll tell you, I got your, uh, I got your Buffalo Bill. Who was that? Javier Bardem. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Little oh my. like No Country for Old Men flavor with that. Yes. Just going, yes. Was she a great big fat person? <laughs> <laughs> Call it. Call yeah, it. Just, call he mixes call it with it. Was she a great big black person? Great big fat person. Call it. Call it. Fred, call it. Call the it. call it scene in that movie might be. Call, that might be one of the creepiest. Um, oh, what you call? That might be one of the creepiest scenes in a movie ever in the world. Yeah. Uh, oh, Michael. Uh, what yes. About doc, what about Doctor Chilton? I think I've got one for you there too. What's that one? How about you know Ben Schwartz? Yes, that could work. Yeah, Ben Schwartz, the comedic actor. Yes, he plays like uh, John Ralphio, just really schmarmy. Yeah, he's sworn, he's you know. super funny. That guy, really great guy. Um, yes, do, and, uh, and Mike, our, our Silence of the Lambs reboot, Silence of the Lamb, the Lamining. <laughs> Michael um, Michael Suarez has the uh, the list of the miscast of the uh, of the almost casted people. Oh, here we go. Who didn't we cast yet? Though we'll get to. I, I want to round out our songs. Oh, you want to do this? Matt. Okay, yeah. Um. Who else is there? Oh, the other cop. Uh, um, Did we get clear, oh, you got Sarah Paulson? I, I think we could do better than Sarah Paulson. I thought that's a pretty. I thought that was a pretty good pick. Um, you mean like more famous than Sarah Paulson? One kind of frail. No. Uh, hmm. She's a tough, 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 tough one. Um, Meryl Streep. No, I'm kidding. Um, no. I also have a a, a beef with Streep. Um, beef I follow. That's all. Yeah, everybody listen to Andy's new podcast, Beef with beef Streep. Street. Each week, he gives his gripes about Meryl Streep and tries to get her on the podcast. <laughs> no, I have. I follow this. I follow uh, Jaws Daily site on Instagram, of course. And yeah, it's just uh, run by these two English guys. They're oh, great. I know what you're going to say. I know exactly you know? what you're going to say. I saw that clip. I know exactly she's, what you're going to say. She's there with Emily Blunt. Yeah, and Emily Blunt is like, I have a crush on Roy, Sch- Roy Scheider yes, from Jaws. Because I have a crush on Roy Scheider from Jaws, and Meryl Streep shoots her this look of disgust. Yeah. And she goes, ugh. And Emily Blunt goes, I just, he's so adorable when he's doing the, when he's doing the copying his son and he's doing the hands and the figure. And she goes, she goes, you know, that scene, Meryl Streep just kind of like plays her. She goes, no, what? And I went, fuck you, Streep. That's a brilliant fucking scene, and you know it, and it's just, you don't like. She goes, I liked him in all that jazz. Go, Fuck off. <laughs> Overrated. Oh, maybe Jaws is like too beneath her. Is that what you're trying yeah. to say? Like, yeah. No, she, she's such a phony baloney. <laughs> oh, my God. That's number five. <laughs> oh, then she's such a phony baloney. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, I was watching, some guy has some TikTok account where he... Uh, he gets all oh, he goes, oh, really interesting um, first lines to Oscar acceptance speeches. And one of them, it's not that interesting. It's actually kind of shitty. It's Meryl Streep in her. And I, I don't know, even know what she won for when she won because she's won multiple Oscars. But she gets, gets up there and she's like, I know there's so many people at home thinking right now. Oh, no, this one again. 
And then I'm just going to say won twice. All right. Yeah. 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 And I just had to say, whatever. I don't care. Like, and then she just, that was it. And then she, I guess she you went know, the rest of the speech. But I was like, yeah, that's not really endearing. You're not being endearing with and that. And also what if in any other field, these numbers would look horrible. It's yeah. You've won two Oscars, but you've been nominated 21 times. You know what I mean? If you're a football team, you'd be awful. That's exactly what I was going to say. If you were a sports team and you went to the world series and won two out of 21 times, you're the Buffalo bills. Essentially. Yeah. Right. You right, right. The great, the songbird of a gen. Ugh. I'm having a real hard time casting Clarice. Uh, well, I and, I already nailed it, so you really don't have to. But. Sarah Paulson, I guess. I just don't know enough of like Sarah Paulson's work is maybe why I'm having a hard time with it. Um, um there, it, I think she could easily pull it off. Holly Hunter could have pulled it off. Holly Hunter is always great. Um, who else? Uh, there, but there's there's a few, but I but, but Jodie Foster's so good at it. Like it's you have to get like it has to be like a buttoned up female actress, like a like a, like somebody you're like, oh yeah, she's a serious FBI agent. What about Elliot Page? What about that guy? Well, yeah, I guess now you yeah Elliot Page. I guess you could, it doesn't have to be a female role. You're right. It could be a transgender. Whatever the hell's going on. Trans. <laughs> Jesus. I have no idea what's going on with these. What do you mean with, with, with them you, anymore? I don't know how to say pronounce pronouns. Yeah, him. I think it's I think it's male. Male. Him or they? I, or, male. I think it's anything that's not her. This is what. It, no, but, it's what about Jack no, Crawford? What about? Hold on. Uh, F, well, let's go charge. back to you saying I don't know what the hell's going on there. It's, I'd <laughs> rather not. <laughs> I'm already in trouble. I, my goal now is to get Andy canceled by the end of this. Uh, I've gone after uh, beloved actress. Um, Trans rights all in five minutes. Beef with Streep and the trans community. Just, yeah. add, just, just. Man, what if what if like an actress that like Meryl Streep just threw you a curveball? You th- a woman you think is like so liberal and then she goes, Yeah, fuck you and your pronouns. <laughs> you go, wow, Meryl. All you right. I think you here's the thing. You know what? That's interesting you brought that up, Andy. I'll tell you why. Because I, I guarantee you that behind closed doors, that a large majority of women Meryl Streep's age, and that that really, if you really get them in a candid moment, I would not say all of them, but I would say a good amount of them probably do say, oh, God, with these freaking pronouns. I guarantee you. I guarantee yep. you. Because I think it's a generational thing as well. I think they're just like, I can't keep track of this shit. You know, like mm-hmm. I can't. And like they're not going to ever say that in public. But it's funny. Like even even Judy Gold, who is who's, you know, a fantastic comic and part of the LGBT community. And even she has a bit on stage where she's like. I'm LGBTQXZ, whatever. And like, yeah, she kind of, yeah. she goofs on it, but L-M-N-O-P. she's open about it and she's funny and she's part of the community. So it makes sense. But like, I guarantee you there's, there's actresses that, and, and obviously actors, cause of course guys and you know, guys are evil, but like, but it's one of those things where, you know, I think people perceive us as that not all we're nice guys. Me and you are great guys. Oh, I just thought of a great starling. A starling? What are you, a producer from the 30s? Did you say starling? Clarice Starling. What? Oh, oh, starling. I just yeah. realized what you meant by that. I thought you meant starlet. <laughs> I thought you were saying starlet. Starlet, like I'm Jack Walsh. Yeah, yeah. I just thought of a great starlet. You're going to make it, kid. You're going to make it on this podcast scene. Come on, my podcast. Uh, I can't wait to uh, You got to watch Bank because I can't wait to talk about it with you because I know. Of, uh, I'll watch a lot it of opinions too. flying around there. But I think this connects to our podcast from last week, too. Carrie Coon. She could be a great Clarice Starling. 
You think so? Carrie Coon? Very much so. She's got that like seriousness to her. She's attractive, but like in a a non-traditional way. Um, She can really do drama very well. I think she'd be my choice. Well, yeah. Okay. That's a good pick too. I think, I think that that nails it. I think, yeah, I think it has to be somebody like that. That's coming up like that. Cause Jodie Foster was about at their point when she got silence of lambs that like yeah. made her famous that's, pretty much. So we got uh Carrie Coon slash Sarah Paulson, uh, you know, whatever they can read for us. Um, <laughs> Fastbender is a lot. I love Fastbender in that. Perfect. Cause he, uh, you kind of saw his creepiness in, um, what was the prequel to Aliens? What was it called? Prometheus. Uh, Prometheus. Had that, like, yeah. Just a uh, very robotic way that um, Hannibal Lecter kind of is. But that's right. a perfect call. Uh, who else did we have? Javier Bardem as Buffalo that's, Bill. That's a great one. That's a really good one. And maybe Ben Schwartz. You get in there to yuck it up. Not not even yuck it up, but get that smarminess to uh, yeah. Dr. Chilton. But I, what about, I Kath, what about Catherine, uh, the young girl that's taken? Oh, uh, oh, I think there's a million people you could put in there for that because that's not really, um, it had to be somebody young, it had to be somebody no. like, maybe like Celine, not Rebel Celine. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> who I'm kind Rebel of thinking, Will- frankly. <laughs> I honestly, I, I think I want that to happen to Rebel Wilson in real life. I think I, <laughs> yeah, a bit too ubiquitous these days. Yeah, let's take it easy, Rebel Wilson. Okay, you're not that charming. Take it easy. <laughs> um, I, Ooh. uh, what did you say? I just thought of another good one. Let's hear it. Um, Ben Mendelsohn is an actor I love where I'm sure we could fit him in there. Sometime. He could be, he, he probably could play, um, he could play Buffalo Bill easily. Yeah, he could easily play Buffalo Blue, and then he also he could, maybe he could read for Lecter as well. Yeah, he could. Oh, I, I really see. It just takes me a little while to get into this game, and then I get the juices. Yeah, flowing. well, I brought it up for a reason because I want to do a matchup before we end today, and I we can we can either save it and then we can do some research and come back at it because I think we haven't done a, a versus in a while, me and you, or we can do yeah. it right now because I know for a fact. First off, you're going to be a lot of a lot of Dimwit Nation and and you are going to be mad at me for my pick in this matchup, but it actually is a good matchup but i oh, know right which there. one i know which one you would take and i know which one i would take and i think you'd be, <laughs> mad, be mad at me for taking it and i bring up silence of the lands because the matchup i had in mind because i was talking to dan st germain earlier today and he we brought this up and we were talking about it. i go oh, that'd be good for the show all uh, right lay it on me slim silence of the lambs versus zodiac yeah i mean you would take doctor you're taking zodiac zodiac i would take zodiac i, I would yeah. absolutely take that's how much i love zodiac that's insane I'm not. It's not insane. It's not insane. Do you realize this is the thing, man? This is what happens with these movies. What happens is you're the only reason you're thinking that is because of all the the accolades that Silence of the Lambs has gotten. My top Zodiac is as good, if not better, of a movie than Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> oh, buddy, dude, it absolutely is. It's, it's part of the same genre. It. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. A boar? You mean you're yeah. saying you don't like Zodiac then as a movie? Not that much, no. No, 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 no. You used to like Zodiac, I, I thought. Man. I thought you were a fan of Zodiac. I thought we talked about it on the podcast before. It drags on. 
It does no? not drag on. It does. It's procedural and it's fucking fantastic. And there's, dude, it, it, bore, it is not a bore, even close to a bore. The scene when he goes in that guy's basement, the scene when he approaches the guy they think he's the, is the actual Are killer. You're going to compare basements to Silence of the Lambs? <sighs> no way, dude. Basement, it's, it's the all time basement scene. The way you've it's got the mangina, you've got um, the pit. Oh, come on. But no. Silence of the Lambs is one of the greatest movies ever made. Zodiac's not even in the same ballpark. If Zodiac would have been, division. I'll tell you, if it would have been nominated for an Oscar or or, or even why won an Oscar, because of when it came out and it just didn't have the political uh, political heat on political it. I'm telling you. you know how many people have said, like, well, I don't know if anybody said this. I was actually two hours and 42 minutes, guy. Come on. Great movie. It's a great movie. You're talking in nearly three hours. Get the hell out of here with that. It's fantastic. Now, I think because it's because it's it takes it from a more realistic point of view. It takes it from a a realistic cadence, a realistic. They went through the actual how the how the investigation went down. So it's a it's a way different way to do a serial killer movie. It's you not love just Fincher, the, man. You love Fincher. I love Fincher. I do. I, I, I love can't believe you haven't seen Mank yet. I because I didn't. I, last time I checked, it wasn't on Netflix. I didn't realize it was on yet. I didn't see it. Oh boy. I, when I last time I checked, it was in the theater, so I thought it was going to be like a month. All right. Well, how do you want to do this? You want to go by cast? I mean, come on. I think I think Ruffalo, you could put you could put flow against Gyllenhaal. Come on, Gyllenhaal is the only weak spot you got in that. But it's probably okay. It might be the yeah, best thing Gyllenhaal's done. Have a weak spot. It might be That's the best the thing Gyllenhaal's done. He plays the role. Movie. It's supposed to be an innocent. He's supposed to be an innocent in the in the in the movie he plays the role he it kind of fits into what he is he's kind of dopey and it kind of fits it it's almost like when when Wahlberg plays an idiot and it, it works out perfectly you know what i'm saying like where that, oh, like all right well you got lucky there i guess not lucky i'm just saying like like he's playing like this like kind of this um this guy who who is has no part of this world he's not a cop he's just like a writer and he's doing this thing he's falling into it and it's believable that he's freaked out by all this stuff within the movie dude i'll tell you right now you know why zodiac's so great it has one of the most terrifying scenes in a movie ever and it's in broad daylight when they when he comes up to them on that hill that couple when and then he's in that fucking weird outfit and he comes up to the couple and he's all right well that's one of the most. That's one of the scariest scenes I've ever seen in a movie, and it's really this quick. Is coming from a notorious, I can't handle scary. Person. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I, you're, maybe- you're comparing that to Silence of the Lambs, which was one of the scariest movies of all time, and it's a perfect fucking movie, dude. It's almost it's airtight. I'm I, sorry. I just it's not that I dislike Zodiac all that much. It's just not. I mean, it's just not comparable to me to Silence of the Lambs, and nor is it anywhere near better. I just I disagree. Give me a conniption on this one. I. <laughs> I'm not gonna give you my conniption. conniption I'm not gonna give you, I'm trying to be passionate here. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's all I'm saying silly is to me. And I think it's I think it's worth I think it's worth noting that it's a different take. Like it's a different take on a serial killer movie. You don't what you can what you can say if you're taking it outside the movie itself and you're taking it with the with the influence of what happens after a movie, like you know the the fanfare and then how the movies lasted. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs is fantastic. But what I'm saying is. Silence of the Lambs, it, it, like we talk about in this podcast, it created a trope. It created how these things are going to be done. Like if you look at Kiss the Girls, that's just Silence of the Lambs light. You know, it's stuff like that. And like it's all these things are trying to done in this mood. Zodiac took that and said, no, we're going to make a procedural cop movie, but based off the investigation for how they were looking for the Zodiac killer. 
Um, the, fact know, it's, the fact I, that it's the fact that it's real world based, the fact that it's uh, that makes it even yeah, but, freakier, you know. Wasn't Zodiac like one of those movies that was totally not? Uh, if you like fact checked it, it would be way off the mark. No, I don't think it was. Unless I I'm wrong. I remember hearing that there was a whole bunch of of, of falsities. No, like the, what? Like JFK the movie? Well, JFK, maybe not to that extent, but JFK just, is like riddled with with nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing with these things. It's like, you know, Zodiac is going to leave you something to be desired because you don't know who the killer is still to this day when you're watching the movie. So you go, well, I know I'm not going to be satisfied at the end of this. You know what I mean? But, Which it, I think but that's kind of what I yeah, 242 I for this. Come on, guy. But but what it does leave you with is like that. Even that last scene leaves you feeling really creeped out like even when he goes into the hardware store the very last scene of zodiac and it's like he know he knows but he doesn't know and he kind of looks at the guy and he's like and the guy looks at him and, the, and i think really in the investigation the assumption is that that was the guy mm-hmm. but they never found it out for real and that like if you really think about it that kind of helps the the legacy of the movie because it makes it like yeah they don't know and he's still out there and he can kill you it brings you to brings the movie listen, to i'm all for our, our now but I'm all for artistic liberties, but if it's like a crime case, you can't be so blatant. I think Mikey, is there any way you could look up f- factual uh, evidence regarding Zodiac? Well, just, you, Mike, or could you Google how factual was, was Zodiac the movie? <laughs> Thank you for filling in my yeah stupidity. <laughs> no, no, I, I know what you're saying. Um, but can you I type just, in the thing? I enjoyed. I just enjoyed uh, Zodiac. I maybe. I enjoyed it more, I guess. Okay, that's fine because obviously movies are subjective. That's why we do this whole thing. Yes, absolutely. About movies, but I think you could put, you know, your Ruffalo was gonna Robert Downey Jr. You could you Ruffalo Bill. Ruffalo Bill. (laughs) 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 I don't. I wish wish we could do a Ruffalo impression. Be like, was she a great big fat person? I don't even know. He kind of just talks like hear Mark Ruffalo in my head. He's a he's tough like, one. He kind of has, he does have a distinct voice, but it's like hard to do. He's like, I like Ruffalo. Like, and I'll tell you, he was a great Hulk. That was great casting. Yes. Cause they didn't get it right with Norton. And wasn't there somebody else who played incredible Hulk before Ruffalo? They really got that. one. Uh, right it was Norton. And then Eric Banya. Oh, Eric Banya. Yeah. Yeah. Which nobody paid attention. Yeah. That was the, that was the Ang Lee one. That was the Ang Lee one. Nobody paid attention to that one. Yeah, and then, and then, and, and then apparently Norton like took over took over the whole process, and then he made that other one, which was a good movie. It was good. He's not the best Hulk, but it was a good Hulk movie. That wasn't a bad Hulk movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they got um, rid of him. Zodiac is considered to be the most one of the most accurate crime movies, but it does oh, get some things wrong. Oh shit! There was a button there. What'd you say? It does get certain things wrong, like Paul. Like he didn't work with Paul Avery. <laughs> well, uh, that's the whole movie. Wait, is that uh, true? That's the whole thing. <laughs> Wait, he didn't work uh, with Paul Avery. Avery and Griffith work together, together, together but their close collaboration on the Zodiac case is something largely invented by the film. So they work <laughs> oh, together, yeah. but the movie... <laughs> um, the whole plot, dude. The movie basically moved it to, how, like, to make it into a movie, how they work together. It was probably mostly that they were over the phone. They weren't like, you know... Buddy oh, buddy. in yeah, person. Person to person. Oh, yeah. that's still working together, though. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant like they met. They the met metal. I thought you meant they meant they meant for lunch like once, and they're like Zodiac, Zodiac, and then they just yeah, walked heard away. Of also, uh, yeah, I'm a Gemini. Yeah, all right, Shepard and Hartnell were not a romantic couple. Wow, these are huge things. 
Wait, who <laughs> like was the led with? One of the most accurate movies of all time. But then these two <laughs> major plot holes. Yeah, I mean, and also there's one more one more thing. They weren't going also, after the Zodiac, Zodiac Killer, killer in 1974. <laughs> Yeah, the, the one more thing is, uh, yeah, they were actually just going after a totally different murderer. The woman in the car, uh, that part is apparently is very accurate. Wait, wasn't very accurate or was accurate? The woman in the car, because later on, apparently the they that suspect was like not considered a suspect at all. Oh, but that was later on. That, that was... Is- during the movie, apparently they did think he was a suspect. So, uh, uh, yeah, do, do, something do with the code breaker. Um, the code breaker thing wasn't very accurate. Apparently, <laughs> this list is getting pretty long. The code but breaker inaccuracies have more to do with um what people thought then and what was brought later. So you can make um, a case for that. It, the, the going back, this is what they thought at the time because it is a period piece. You can make or wait what. Yeah, it's a period piece. Like yeah, the yeah, yeah. I was gonna. Did they go well, back and 60s. forth? No, they did. Of course, yes. Yeah, but a lot of the things. Listen, that not all for creative license. Fine. Takes some artistic liberties. Yeah. Wait, hold on. You two were just talking over each other. Mike, what did you say? Uh, a lot of the things they're saying the movie gets wrong have to do with what came to light later, <laughs> as opposed it's... to the movie not saying things correctly. But the two first ones were seemed like the main ones. They weren't a romantic couple, and the way that their their uh, partnership is portrayed. Yeah. All right. Well, but whatever. And overall, they say everything else is amazingly accurate. All right. Well, there you go. Everything amazingly accurate. Amazingly accurate. Amazingly accurate. Especially when compared to other movies. So. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Especially, I mean, listen, Bands of Lambs is a complete fictional story. So. Right. You, right. Right. But I'm not saying that it's not a fun movie. I'm just saying that Zodiac to me, I just like. You're right. Maybe it's also. I think. Yeah. I think. I think if you do it director to director. Uh, Finch Fincher is a uh, better director than than Jonathan Demme. Uh, absolutely, like I like uh, I think like like I think it's very down the middle how the things are. I'm not that he didn't do a great job, but I think editing works out better for Silence of the Lambs than actual. You look at Fincher's movies, man. It's like it, it, he lights him so cool. He's almost like like a he has a Cohen thing going on where it's like you the, just the look, just the lighting and the look of it can really. And I said this before, I know, and I'm repeating myself, but. Just the look of it, you can be like, "That's Fincher. That's cool." And also, they they do a really good job of that in, in Zodiac. They make it they they make it they they light it to I'll make it look a like it's a period piece. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll give yeah. me a filmography to Fincher. Yeah, absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Demi is not. He's kind of all over the map. Like, well, Demi what? did a lot of just straight Philadelphia. Um, Demi's gonna like dramas and you know whatever you know. He's just doing whatever. He's like a working director, Demi. You know. Hmm. Hmm. Fincher is an artiste, an auteur, if you will. My favorite music uh, concert film, though, Stop Making Sense, Jonathan Demme. Yeah. Well, there you go. That works. Psycho too. Killer, Kiss 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 uh, I did watch one quick little thing last night called Marauders. It was number five in Netflix on movies yesterday. I'd never heard of it. Apparently, it was a 2017 piece of shit from Stephen C. Miller. And it's a bank heist movie starring Bruce Willis and who's uh, Christopher Maloney in a role. Christopher Maloney. Yeah. (gasps) Shed the skin of Stabler for once. Do they play? Do they play brothers in the movie? They don't, but they could have. They should have. They play FBI special agent uh, Christopher Maloney in a role he was really born to play is kind of going after these very precise bank robbers 
And uh, it's very, they figure out it's kind of maybe connected to this army ranger unit because they're really, you know, uh, swift and really precise with their actions uh, during the robberies. And uh, not that great. But if you're looking for like an hour and a half of fun of just like Willis and Maloney, uh, Adrian Grenier from Entourage makes Whoa, an appearance. Oh, he's back. He's back, baby. And there's a he's- few little twists and turns where you go, ah, it's got to be this guy. And then you go, oh, maybe it's this guy. Oh, okay. was, don't tell me. I'll watch, I'll watch this because I like this kind of stuff. It was uh, kind of crappy. I kind of watched it with my phone out the whole time, but yeah, it was okay. Best. Yeah. So what I'll do is I have homework for next week. Now I, I'll watch yeah, it. I wouldn't assign it uh, to the class, but if you want something just to relax on, maybe a I'll Sunday watch that for myself and see if, if I dig it. If you're looking for something. If there's nothing else on, <laughs> it's one of those. Well, the other but, thing you watched was speaking of Fincher was, was Mank, And I have, oh, but I want to we'll talk say, about that. Well, so I will save that for next week. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I think final word is just that um, maybe I can say, I think that, Zodiac looks cooler to me. It looks more of a film than a movie. And I think that also can make that distinction too. It's like, oh, Zodiac was a, if Hollywood's going to make a film, that's what Zodiac looks like. If, uh, but Silence of the Lambs is like a movie. And also the, the time periods they came out at, you know, it's a, yeah, it, it, Zodiac is like, it, I think things got darker. I, you know, I think as time goes on, things become more real life. We talked about that before. It was like, as we, as humanity has gotten darker in as a whole, like you get things, you go from outbreak in the '90s with Dustin Hoffman to Contagion with Matt Damon, where you're like, "Oh shit, this is gonna happen in <laughs> ten years, yeah, eight my, years." My friend Matt Damon. What'd you say? My friend Matt Damon. All right, Andy. My dinner part, my dinner friend. All right, every time with the, every time with this fucking guy. I say we're and and out, you know, shared a meal together. Yeah, and how's he doing? Have you talked to him during the during the? I, I haven't spoken to him like. Recently, I would say. But yeah. So, would you? When was the last time you spoke to Matt Damon? I think he tried to call me, but I missed the phone. I was in the shower or something. It was. It said Matt Damon on your phone, or it was just like a random. Not I don't. Very, I don't keep him in Matt Damon. You, obviously, if somebody like stole my phone, they would just have Matt Damon's numbers. I don't keep <laughs> his name as Matt Damon. You know. Right. So you have it. So he has call- Will Hunting. <laughs> I had dinner with the guy once. That's all. You did I not have it. dinner with them. You were yes, sitting. You were sitting at the same table that you oh, both yeah, happened to be eating at. <laughs> it wasn't. Well, we you, the way you, together. The, the way you make it sound is like that. He was like he called you up and was like, "Hey, Andy, <laughs> you want to go to dinner?" Of course not. <laughs> I no. It was. It's going to be Damon and Fiore going forward. No more Damon <laughs> Affleck. <laughs> In my mind. Um, well, the thing is, every time I'm like, I'm very jealous that you got to eat a meal with Matt. Matt Damon's so cool. Like, you can't. Sweetheart of a guy. <laughs> I'm not being a dick. He was very nice. I actually talked to his wife more than him, to be honest. His gorgeous wife? Yeah, she is super gorgeous. I think she's like Italian or she's Spanish or something, right? She's something. In Spain. Who the heck knows? She, uh, Matt Damon and Andy Fury. he's going to be the new Dutch. He's going to take over the role as Dutch on this podcast. Oh, yeah. there. A couple of phone calls, a couple of more missed numbers from random numbers that say Will Hunting on your phone. <laughs> but you know what he did? You're like, oh, I got a call from him. But what Andy doesn't tell you, he changed all of his contacts to Matt Damon. Yeah, that was really my stupid friend, Chris. <laughs> So if you change somebody's number and that is Matt fun Damon. To do. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I it was at the cellar, right? Then you go. It was the cellar. Yeah, it was at the Olive Tree. We uh, did it. We had. I was doing the cellar spot, and uh, he came. He's friends with Tom Papa. That's the, the actual friends. Because they were in a movie together. They were in a the Steven Soderbergh movie together. They, they were in a couple in, uh, Soderbergh. Soderbergh. They were in uh, the Informant and Behind the Candelabra. Also. Oh right! I never Papa. watched that. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Give it a give it a watch. It's really fun. I'll Add it to it the list. That's a, a really good, solid film. And uh, so whenever Tom, they're legit friends. And, yeah, you know, I opened yeah. up for Tom a lot on the road. And so whenever Tom comes in from L.A., sometimes he's like, hey, we're doing the show down at the cellar. Come by. And he came by and we ate afterwards at the Olive Tree. It was me, Matt Damon, his wife, and like some of their friends. And I think Fish was there. It was fun, fun time. That's pretty great. Fish, the band or fish. John John, fish. I know. I'm kidding. Imagine if it was Matt Damon and fish, the band. I mean, you don't get much more of a fantasy for Andy. Uh, <laughs> that might as well be. Yeah, it was Matt Damon, the- Trey Anastasio. <laughs> <laughs> That's just porno for Andy at that point. Oh my God. <laughs> I might've had to leave. I don't know if I, I would have, I would have made an ass out of myself in some way or tried to have been cool. In some stupid way. <laughs> what would you, what do you think you would have done? You'd be like, hey Trey, remember on this album when you absolutely <laughs> I would have been like, I was there on four eight uh ninety-eight when you guys played uh Julius as the second song. You guys have never played it in the second position since four twelve uh eighty one. Uh he would have looked at me and just been like, eat your nachos. <laughs> You would have been Chris Farley's show, but for you and yeah. Trey Anastasio. Just the I Andy actually watched that Trey twice before and kept it pretty cool. Yeah, I saw, you have a picture of it. I saw the picture. The picture, I met him at SiriusXM, and I was super giddy. And uh, it is funny how, if you think about it, you know, you and I, obviously, on the fringes of entertainment, you meet some big names every now and you then. Know. And I'm not normally a starstruck kind of person. And that's a fun thing to think about maybe for next week. Uh, because next week will be our Christmas episode. It'll be yes. uh, Friday. Will be uh, the Christmas for 2020. So as a gift, w- like who would be a person that you really would get starstruck in front of? For me, it was like it was Trey. I think one of the, I think Paul McCartney, a Beatle, would be like huge uh, for me. I had just a fucking Beatle. I had it. Yeah, I had it happen for me. Well, well, I had it happen for me with. But I didn't. He wasn't around me long enough. But I knew that if I was really in front of him for a while, I'd be really starstruck. And it was at the cellar as well. And this is how famous this guy is. I think I told this story once. Uh, he was in a like a like a like a big winter jacket, not a big like a, like a long winter coat kind of thing, with his collar up, giant beard, glasses, and a hat. And I still knew who it was. And as he's going down the stairs to the cellar, uh, Steve, our friend, the doorman from the cellar, goes. You know who that is? That's De Niro. I, I knew right away. It was wow. De Niro walking down. And I didn't even go, holy shit, or say anything. I was like, oh, I, I like involuntarily. Yeah, when I, saw it. I went, oh, oh. I, I freaked. I fucking freaked out. Like, you know, that. And then I freaked out when I saw that when I, I actually got a picture with him when I, I met Idris Elba at Caroline's one night. Yeah, that's a cool one. But and that's think, like, uh, I think I'd be cool meeting him. I think I'd play it cool. I'm oh, like, I'm such a diehard wire fan. You're a wire guy. Oh! <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm like, dude, if you don't mind. I was like, really, I was actually polite about it. I was like, if I can, can I grab a picture? But he was trying to duck out of the show before he had to, before everybody came out. But it wasn't that packed of a show, but I guess he was like, I don't want to deal with anything. So we went to yeah. the lobby and it was so dark. And I just got this really kind of 
not so great picture of me and him. So I had to lighten it up like crazy. Because mm-hmm. You take pictures of black people, they'll tell you you have to have some light source around. It happens all the time. We and, need it. Yeah, Andy, and you need <laughs> not us. We're fucking. We're, we we could be the I light source. Light. We are the light source in the picture yeah, with light. I illuminate. <laughs> yeah, just, I would throw some sports figures in there as well, like Mark Messier, Wayne Gretzky, some of my idols as a kid. I would pretty be pretty starstruck in front of. Obviously, like a Jordan or you know, uh, like a LeBron, but. Uh, other than like the super superstars, I, I think I'm a pretty cool breeze in front of the celebs. You know, I'm trying to think of who else. Who do you think? Who else would I freak out in front? Of? Maybe Tarantino was at the cellar one night, and I went down oh, trying yeah. to look at him. And I would, I would be pretty starstruck with that because that was a big part of my life. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, but but anybody like um, and then I was the weird. That's gonna sound. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be opening up here a lot, but. It's weird if if I ever got to meet Gandolfini, yeah, not now. But for some reason, I think I'd be really starstruck. The weird thing about Gandolfini is he reminded me of my dad, but my dad wasn't Interesting. like Tony Soprano at all. But no. something about Gandolfini reminded me of my dad. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's really strange. So I think I'd be starstruck there. And if I, I ever got to meet, if I got to meet my dad again, I'd be really starstruck. If I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, starstruck's the right word. I know. I'd be horrified. I'd be, I'd be running from like ah, zombies. <laughs> um, but yeah, if anybody out there in uh, in in Dimwit Nation right now, tell us who is the one person you got to pick one. Who is the one person? that you would be absolutely floored by if you saw them, like absolutely floored. Uh, yeah. Tweeted us at the DYM podcast. Let us know who is the one person that you were like, you don't think you could even speak if you were able to meet them because of how much their work means to you or how much you think they're a big deal. At the DYM podcast on Instagram, uh, do a story about it. We'll share the story on the Instagram. We'll share it at the DYM podcast on both things. Let us know who is the one person that like you were like, you would be like, Oh my, you would just probably, you know, even cry or you would run away or you would just be, you couldn't even talk if you met them. Right. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, that would do it. I feel like your biggest, you might've been Trey. It was probably your biggest, I would think. Well, yeah. For personal, just starstruck. I still think like Paul McCartney, just because of how famous and how, I mean, the, the Beatles, it's just like, man, that's the Beatles. You know, Pete, there's millions and millions and millions of like nobody really gives a shit about fish. But I mean, it's the, everybody loves the Beatles. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. on a it's my Mount. He'd be Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another that's another great thing to do. The Mount Rushmore. Of oh, I love Mount that Rushmore. was that was I think I think uh, our friend James Madden, which we should want to do this idea. Yeah. He wanted to do the idea and call him. Did he? He never did it, I guess, huh? Ah, uh, uh, he's lazy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but we should mention very funny James Mattern and me, exactly. myself, and Andrew Fiore will be in Royersford, Pennsylvania, on New Year's Eve. It's been a tough year, folks, and Let's we end have it. we have the greatest way for you to come say goodbye to it. Come laugh with us at. Uh, Soul Joel's Comedy Club. It's outdoors. It's heated. It's social distance. This guy could not have gotten it more right. I would say he's one of the winners of 2020 in the situation that we're in because, man, always such a great guy and always great to comics. And also, 
like like he gave so many comics an opportunity to perform and do a lot of shows they wouldn't have been able to do this year. So support the club, support us because come see us and we love to hang out with you. Yeah. And we're like Andy said, we're gonna we're gonna be boozing. So come hang out with us. Oh, I love Soul New Year's Eve. Comedy Club on New Year's Eve. It's one show. It's gonna sell out. I, 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 and there's, there's music. No way the Ampton Band is playing before and after. It's gonna be music and comedy and booze. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna we're gonna start this 2021 right. Yes, yeah. Please, please, please um, come check us out. And then uh, besides that, check us out on online, right, Andy? You Andy is is at Andy Fiore on That's Instagram it. and Twitter, and and you can see all his 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 yucks and his and his thoughts on his Twitter, and 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 you can check out his radio show every Thursday at at four p.m. on um, Sirius Satellite Radio on Raw Dog ninety nine. And I have a show on Raw Dog as well every Wednesday at four p.m. called Celebrate that I do with uh, my friend Kevin McCaffrey. It's super funny, and you can check me out at Shawnee Time on Instagram and Twitter. I have a TikTok too. I have, it's at Shawnee Time TikTok. Do you? I have twenty seven hundred followers on TikTok. I don't even know. That's what not bad. It's not bad. It's not. It's not that bad. I, I don't even know what to do on TikTok. I have no I idea. Started, uh, I tried to do the reels on Instagram yesterday, but my phone mic is so old that it sounds like all staticky. So I go, I got to get in this this new thing the kids are doing. So I read okay. the I read an article in New York Times about our friend Carmen Lynch. Yeah, who's blowing up on these reels, and I go, I got to get in this game. So I yeah. started to record one, and my I'm still on the fucking six S, which is a dinosaur by now. So. Maybe oh. Santa will bring me one for Christmas. Oh, Andy, is your phone not working out for you? Oh, is it? Your, your, is your phone from twelve years ago not working out for you? <laughs> it's old. Is it maybe the technology? You know, in the time of UFOs being real and no wires on anything, is your is your iPhone six? Is I, it sorry, I don't buy it immediately when it comes out. Uh, I'm not saying that. Maybe you want to buy a phone from the decade. Maybe that would work. I'm gonna. Out. Yeah. I'm gonna maybe Santa will bring one. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Speaking of uh, the whole idea, where it's like TikTok is for the kids and all that jazz, and we talk about this being old in the show. Like we don't. I think we're young at heart, Andy. I think we're both young at heart. But I will say, um, if you want a reality check, because all the time on TikTok, people they videotape themselves go on their phone, like they take their phone and 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 take their screen and they go on this website called Omegle, and it's it's supposed to be talking to strangers over video, and you just like kind of click through people. Yeah. So right and they pop up and it's been around for a long time and i forgot it existed and then i saw it on on tiktok and i was like oh i'll go on this thing i shouldn't have done that <laughs> because the only thing you get are um uh, guys jerking off which is one of the oh. things you get, which is like all right i um i'm adult enough where i'll just keep on scrolling you know whatever I'm it is go there now yeah <laughs> and the other thing i get is uh i got called papa smurf grandpa and and santa claus about 15 fucking times and it made me immediately uh thought of your joke when you're like you go on stage you go i'm like the young young santa the young version of santa yeah uh, i was getting called grandpa so many times oh i can't so handle that times. But it was like, it felt, is it, too felt, low. it felt kind of good. I kind of liked it. I was like, all right. Oh, like, interesting. I just, every time I get somebody and they would say, I just go, get off my lawn. I would just, you know, <laughs> I keep it now. <laughs> but all right, uh, my friend, yes. I hope you have a great Christmas and uh, dimwits. The same goes for you. I hope you all don't uh, host any super spreader events. Do what you got to do to stay safe and have a happy and a healthy but uh, we'll be here. So if, if you're home alone for Christmas, pun intended, uh, we will be there to keep you company on the DYM podcast. We'll have a new episode out every Friday. And the, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ lands on a Friday this year. So <laughs> after you listen to this one, we'll be there for you next week 
as always. Mushy Mike, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Thank you so much for everything you've done for us. We couldn't do this, couldn't do this without you, and we couldn't do it without all the listeners. So please rate and review and subscribe. And for fuck's sake, tell a friend, will you please, for the love of Jeff, uh, spread this thing around like the COVID, you know? Yeah. Let's get some, let's get some DYM, the DYM podcast, super spreader events going. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much guys. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.